السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ
A proof from that is another verse of Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran, so Allah Ta'ala settled himself and established his attention and direction towards the heavens and firmaments. At that point it was Dukhan, it was loosely formed matter, it was just like a cloud of smoke. فَقَالَ لَهَا وَلِلْأَرْضِ And Allah Ta'ala called the Samawat and he told the Samawat and the Ard, what? اِتِيَطَوْءًا أَوْ كَرْحَا That you come to me, Either you come to me obediently or you come to me unwillingly. You come to me obediently or you come to me unwillingly. Kalata. The Samawat and the Ard, both of them actually responded to Allah Ta'ala. Atena ta'i'in. Yallah, we come to you willingly. We come to you obediently. So this is a real incident that happened. Means Allah Ta'ala granted shu'ur. He granted perception to the Samawat, Ard and Jibal of what this amanat was and they denied it. Now what does it mean that insan accepted this amana? So normally people translate this, that insan is in hukana zuluman juhula, that insan did a great injustice on themselves by taking an amana that they could not handle. And it's because they're juhula, it's because they're extremely ignorant. But some of ulama tafsir say no. Actually it doesn't mean that. Here juhula means that insan was, how would you say us? they were sweetly, blissfully ignorant. They were sweet to think that they could accept this amana out of their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when Allah ta'ala asked him in Quran, it comes out Allah asked a question, Alastu birabbikum. He gathered every human rule together from the time of Sayyidina Adam alayhisam until the end of time. And he let all those arwah gaze upon his beauty and his glory. And then he asked them when they were in this instant of rapture, Alastu birabbikum, that am I not your Rabb? Qalu bala, and every single human rule said yes, happily, joyfully. So here it means that they were sweetly, blissfully ignorant out of their love for Allah SWT, they said that yes, we will take this amana. So this is who we are. This is what Quran has mentioned as the beginning. Now, I want you to understand that this amana has nothing to do with money, property, wealth, possessions. Way to understand is what did Allah Ta'ala say in Quran? Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu That oh, you have iman. Or oh, you've adopted Iman, who profess Iman, La Rasulah. Don't you dare do khiyana with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and don't you dare do khiyana with Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This amana has to do with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet don't be disloyal to Allah ta'ala, don't betray Allah ta'ala, don't be untrue to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, don't be disloyal to Sayyidina Rasulullah don't be untrue, untrue to him, don't betray him, and then وَتَخُونُ amanatikum وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ Are you going to betray the trust that is given and you are in this condition that you know better? وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ You know full well. That Allah is your Rabb. This is Allah Dina Amanu. You are the people who said, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. You know full well that now your life is forfeit. Your life is given to Allah Ta'ala and the Messenger Sallallahu But you are still going to do khiyana. La takhunu. Allah Ta'ala says, don't even think about it. Don't let yourself do it. Don't betray this amana, this trust that Allah Ta'ala has put in you. So this trust is a trust of obedience. This trust is a trust of love. Our very iman depends on this. This is why Sayyidina Rasulullah he said a hadith that has been transmitted by Imam Ahmad after his Musnad. La imana liman la amanatullah. La imana liman la amanatullahu. That that person who doesn't have this amana, he doesn't have iman. It's as if they have negated their iman. The iman of that person will vanish. 
if they don't have this amana. Here again, Sayyidina Rasulullah was referring to this amana that we have. Now if you look at the other amana, because that's also there in the, that you have to for people's trust, maintain their confidence, protect their property and possessions, right? If a person doesn't do that, if a person does khiyana, khiyana means to betray that type of amana, the whole society will collapse, right? The family will collapse, the society will collapse. Just like that, if we do khiyana in our imanas with Allah Ta'ala, our iman will collapse. The hayab iman goes away. This is what Allah Ta'ala says, uses this word khiyana of the eyes. That's what, who is the khiyana against? We think it's our eye and we are free to do with it whatever we want and we look at whatever we want and our life is, no, no, no. Allah Ta'ala is malik of every single thing. This eye is an amana. This life is an amana. This time is an amana. Every single thing about us is a trust from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. When we do qiyana, we are betraying Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. We are betraying Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Now you can understand that this way, that amana means that everything we have has been given to us by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala for a limited time. This time, body, all the bounties and blessings. And what will happen on the Day of Judgment, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will examine how we use these blessings. You see like if somebody gives you, you rent a car, you take a car on loan from a friend, it's for limited time only. And you were supposed to use it within certain guidelines, certain parameters. When you return it, then it will be checked whether you used it according to those guidelines and parameters. That's the whole concept of day judgment. What? Allah says, I'm going to give you blessings which no one else can give you. Yes? All the scientists and all the geneticists get together, they can't even make one eye. We say, okay, use your evolution. You take, you say a whole human being came from apes millions of years ago. You use all your genetics, all your science. You make one human eye from every ape you want in the world. Gather every ape together. Use all of your scientific effort. They claim it happened on its own without science. The entire human. We say, make one eye. Just make me one human eye. They can't do it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given Blessings the like of which no one could ever give. No one could ever fathom. But it's not for free. Malik Yomidin, Allah saying that, look, you think you outwardly appear that you are your Malik. You are Malik, you are master of your decisions, your time, you have free will. Allah says, no, there's a day, Yomidin. On that day, Allah will manifest His being Malik. Akala wakala, liman al-mulkul yawm. That to whom belongs the dominion, sovereignty, power on the day, لِلَّهِ الْوَاهِدُ الْقَحَارِ Only and only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That one Allah ta'ala, Al-Qahar, that dominating Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Us ek Allah, us zordar Allah ta'ala ko mulk hasil. Zordar, Al-Qahar. Dominating Allah ta'ala will use his dominion and dominance on us on that day. He won't be absent, passive malik like right now. Apparently it seems that we're not being dominated. We think we're free. But on the day of judgment, Allah ta'ala's mulkiyat will dominate us. He's al-kahar on that day. So we have to remember that on that day, we will be asked about every single blessing. Now before we die, Allah Ta'ala makes a process happens. So we understand, we were supposed to get hosh, we are supposed to reflect that these blessings that we got are slowly taken away. What does it mean when you're born, we have no ability to do anything? You can't even turn on your side, you can't even say a word, you can't even change yourself. One by one, Allah Ta'ala starts giving a person blessing after blessing. 
ability to speak, ability to think, ability to move, ability to talk. And then Allah makes a person a young man, youth, or young woman, youth. Then they're in the prime of their life. Then they have physical strength, or they have intelligence. They're learning, they're educated, their mind is doing, they're working, they're accomplishing, everything. And in our deen, they were supposed to use this youth for akhirah. It means this is the time, just like a person gets physical strength and intelligence at this time, they're supposed to get the strength of taqwa, the strength of sunnah, the strength of tahajjud, making lots of tawaf, making lots of dua, calling Allah Ta'ala, loving Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. They reach this prime of their life. Then one by one, Allah Ta'ala starts taking these netmas away. Somebody gets cavity, somebody gets poor eyesight, somebody gets arthritis, somebody gets low blood pressure, somebody gets diabetes. One by one, every person will get something. Their prime will start being taken away. Their physical blessings, Allah Ta'ala will take them away. Death actually means Allah Ta'ala takes all the physical blessings away. That's called death. And then after death what happens is the person will be made to stand on the Day of Judgment now you understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will examine. So let's see what will happen on the Day of Judgment. Then there are some believers on that day who will have fulfilled the whole amanat. The whole amanat. So what will Allah do? He raises them up in nur. Surrounds them in nur. Yes, anuruhum bayna aydihim wa bayimanihim. That all around them they are just walking around in a aura of nur. Surrounded by nur. So much so that the Munafiks will say, Yomayukul Munafikun or Munafikat, they will ask the people, Lilzin Amano, they will say to them that Unzuruna, look at us. Look at us. You're enjoying your nur, but look at the condition that we're in. Have some sympathy for us, have empathy for us, have some regard for us. Unzuruna, look at us. Why? Naktabismin Nurikum. We want to get a little bit of your nur. We want to draw a bit of your nur. The, un, the believers won't even respond to them. Tila, it will be said to them. Somebody else will address these hypocrites. What will they be told? That go back where you came from because the nur that these people have today is gotten from the world. <laughs> you can't get it alone now. You can't ask for it now. The only way you had chance to get nur was by having iman and a'mal in this life. Now I want you to see one by one the blessings. First blessing Allah Ta'ala gave, one blessing Allah Ta'ala gave, our eyes. Allah Ta'ala gave us the ability to see, illa mashallah. Right? Now on the day of judgment, Allah Ta'ala will examine. That did you use this amana according to the instructions and guidelines or not? There will be one group of people that they used their eyes and they saw the universe and the heavens and they saw the intricate things of this world. Like Allah Ta'ala keeps telling in the Quran, Afala ta'kaloon, afala tatafakkaroon. But still they didn't accept Iman. Even though Allah Ta'ala gave them eyesight and vision and insight and wisdom, they chose not to accept Iman. So for the people like that, then Allah Ta'ala will raise them up blind. They will be blind on the Day of Judgment. Allah Ta'ala says, That they will be raised on their faces, means almost like you can say upside down. They will be raised like that. What will be their state? They will be deaf, dumb and blind. That's what they will be. So one thing, they will be blind. Then there will be a second category of person. That Allah Ta'ala will give them eyesight. They're not unbeliever. They're sinning believer. 
when they're sinning believer, they have to go into the fire of Jahannam to get their sins purified. And only then they will be able to go to Jannah. Now the strange thing is that it comes in Hadith that the fire will be so dark that they won't be able to see. Now normally a person doesn't understand this because we say fire for us is also on earth, also sort of light. We use fire for heat, but we also use it for light. So why is it that in the fire of Jahannam they won't be able to see? But then modern science answers this question. If you have a stove at home, you will see, if you, I don't know if you have electric here, but if you have a gas stove with a flame, you will see there are different colors of fire. There's red, there's orange, red, and then there's blue. The blue part is harder, hotter than the red, which is hotter than the orange. So actually science teaches that the hotter the fire gets, the darker it gets. Now there is no fire like that right now, but even science would conceive that the absolute, possibly hottest fire would be pitch black. And that is the fire of Jahannam. It is absolutely hot, and therefore the color of the fire of Jahannam is pitch black. So they will be inside the fire of Jahannam, but they can't see. They can't see, not because Allah has blinded them. This is a separate punishment. They have vision, but they're unable to see. That is also terrifying for a person. You put a blindfold on someone, you kidnap them, they have vision, but they can't see. It's a type of torment for them. So they will be in the fire of Jahannam. The fire is so hot, the fire is pitch black, blacker than a black hole, and they won't be able to see. Allah Akbar Kabeerah. Then it comes in a deed that that believer who misused their eyes, this was an amanat, and they looked at the unlawful beauties, so the angels, will ha angels who are in charge of the punishment of Jahannam, they will have long spears or lances, and they will dip them in fire of Jahannam, that pitch black fire of Jahannam, and they will spear that person's eyes as a punishment, just simply for this punishment, for looking at what they were not supposed to look at, for misusing this amana. Every single amanat we have will be tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, ears is an amanat. Did we use that the way Allah Ta'ala wanted us to? If it turns out, no, that a person listened to ghibah, or they listened to slander, or backbiting, or they listened to music, or they listened to anything that Allah Ta'ala didn't want them to hear. Again, Allah Ta'ala would call them on the Day of Judgment and examine them, and check the ears. That did you use the ears according to what I had instructed? If he doesn't, then in extreme case, he will be rendered deaf. And the other case, he will be tormented and given punishment in his ears for the incorrect and haram things that he used to listen to. Then Allah Ta'ala gave us an amanat, an ability to earn, an ability to eat. This is a blessing from Allah Ta'ala, that we have the ability and intelligence to earn. So Allah Ta'ala will check, did you use this to earn halal, or did you use it to earn haram? Did you use this body to eat halal, or did you use this body to eat haram? If it turns out that a person earned haram and then ate from that haram, so they will get something to eat in Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in Quran, inna shajarata zakum. Zakum is a particular tree, which will be the food of the people of Jahannam. So the ulama tafsir mentioned that this will be not just of the kuffar, but of the zalimun. Zalimun means the sinners of the believers. So what is on that tree? It is a plant which has so many thorns on it that when you put it in your mouth, it pierces and it scratches and it makes your whole mouth bleed and then it makes your whole throat and it has so many thorns, it makes your innards bleed. But the people of Jahannam will be so hungry that they will have no choice but to eat it. They will be put in them an extreme hunger that they will eat it anyway. Then they write the ulama of tafsir that it will be so bitter 
that when they have it in the morning, its bitterness lasts until night. When they have it at night, its bitterness lasts until morning. Then if they used to drink halal, drink halal. So then another word that is used in Quran, Rislin, Ulam of the Syria, what is this? This is the beverage of the people of Jahannam. What is it made of? When the people of Jahannam are burning in the fire of Jahannam, the blood and the pus that comes out from their bodies will be put in bowls and the people of Jahannam will be given a feeling of such extreme thirst that they will have no choice other than to drink that drink. This is the food and drink of the people of Jahannam and the specific punishment for those who didn't fulfill this amana. Then Allah Ta'ala gave us the blessing of libas to be clothed, both men and especially women. And if they didn't use this blessing, Allah Ta'ala gave them enough money, they could have been clothed properly. They chose to be not fully clothed properly, chose to be unclothed at times. Allah Ta'ala will punish them for not fulfilling this amana. And Allah Ta'ala will give them a uniform in Jannah. Now the ulama of hadith wrote that this libas of Jahannam is made of sulfur. And it is such a foul stench, ajeeb in one commentary it was written, that if every single human was to die, and their corpses were to be put together, then every single animal, and every bird, and every fish, and every creature was to die, and all their corpses were to put together, and you let their corpses rot, the foul stench that would come from that whole massive corpses is the stench and the smell that the clothing of Jahannam will have for the people of Jahannam. So close to a person is their clothing. That will be the stench of that. Then having a home and a house is an amanat from Allah Ta'ala. Did we acquire that house through lawful means? Did we do halal things in that house? Or did we do haram? Did we have different types of screens? Maybe we don't have the TV screen, we had the laptop screen, we had the phone screen. And we used the shelter and the sanctity and security we had. And we used it instead of obedience, we used it to sin against Allah SWT. Now I want you to understand, Allah Ta'ala is Al-Basir, He's Al-Alim, He's Al-Khabir. The way you can understand this, if you've ever seen a shop which has surveillance cameras, and there's a person sitting and he sees, he has ten screens in front of him. And he can see ten things simultaneously. That's just how Allah SWT is. He can see everything simultaneously. Now I want you to imagine that there's a man who's living here in Durban, and Allah Ta'ala has given him this amana, this blessing of a house, and he has safety, and he has sanctity. But in the middle of the night, the young man or the middle-aged man, they chose to do sin in the privacy of their own home, using this amanat of shelter and house that Allah Ta'ala gave them. And right at the same time, Allah Ta'ala is looking simultaneously at one of our sisters, maybe in Syria, maybe Philistine, maybe Kashmir, whose, whose modesty is being violated. And Allah Ta'ala sees these two at the same time, that here his sister is being violated, and here he himself is violating himself. Can you imagine how Allah Ta'ala will look at that person in this real simultaneous time? And he's using this amanat I gave him. That's what people do, they use their homes to sin. They go in the secrecy of their home, they close the door, they draw the curtain, they lock the door. This room was an amanat, your home was an amanat. It was not supposed to be used to disobey Allah SWT. If a person disobeys Allah Ta'ala using their home, Allah Ta'ala has made another home. Another home for the people in Jahannam. What is that? It's a home that is dhayyaqa. It is extremely constricted and constricting. Extremely claustrophobic. And then ajeeb what Allah Ta'ala said this person will do. Da'aw hunalaka thubura. 
that this person will make dua, beg Allah Ta'ala, that Ya Allah, I want to die, will ask for death. Look how Allah Ta'ala, Allah Akbar, responds to this person. La tad'ul yawma thuburun wahida. Don't you ask me that you want to die once. Mad'ul thuburun kathira. Rather you should ask for death upon death upon death. You should beg many deaths today. Means even multiply dying would be better than the punishment you have right now. Not one mouth in ek mouth but sinhe mango. Bar bar marne mango. Aap bar bar marenge ye phir bhi jahannam se better hota. Allahu Akbar kabira. If I say anything in Urdu, it's something I've already said in English. Just for our own enjoyment or emphasis. So these are all the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call to us on the day of judgment. Yes, one last one. That Allah Ta'ala gave us another amana, Which was our own modesty. Our own chastity. This is an amana from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. It's ajeeb. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran in so many places, guard your chastity, guard your chastity. Sometimes Allah Ta'ala even says it specifically. Guard your private parts. Allah Ta'ala even spelt it out. Allah Ta'ala even had to say it. <laughs> Allah Akbar. Ajeeb. So what happens? If a person did the sin of zina, so there's a punishment for that in Jahannam. Nabiya Kareem Sassam mentioned that they will be dragged into a cave. And in that cave there will be hordes and hordes of scorpions. And those scorpions will swarm all over their body. And those scorpions will sting that person simultaneously. So that every single atom and pore of their body feels pain. Now if today in this world one scorpion stings you, once people start screaming... And Allah knows what the scorpions of Jahannam will be like. And what their sting will be like. Why do they all sting simultaneously? Ulama of Hadith, when they commented, they wrote, reason that when the person did this sin, he felt a thrill coursing his over his whole body simultaneously. So the punishment will be that he should feel a torment coursing through his body simultaneously. And not that the scorpions will do it once. They will keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Allah Akbar Kameera. So this is how Allah Ta'ala will punish the people who didn't fulfill their amanat. Now I want you to understand that there may be another person who comes in the Day of Judgment. Who is that person? That may be that person who did fulfill the amanat. They did use the trust that Allah Ta'ala gave them the way Allah Ta'ala wanted to. So same process, Allah Ta'ala will check their ears and says, yes, you didn't listen to ghibat, you didn't listen to lying, you didn't listen to music. Okay. I restore this amanat of ears back to you. And now you listen to me, Allah, recite Surah Rahman. I will increase you in this blessing. This is why we were given ears. We should reflect now. The reason we have ears is not to listen to the sounds of this world. We have been given hearing to listen to Allah SWT recite Surah Rahman. I have to say, take these ears back and go listen to the sweet voice of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. Take these ears and listen to whoever you want in Jannah. Allah Akbar. This is why you've been given ears. Then there's a person that, okay, they used their tongue properly. They didn't lie. They spoke truth. They fulfilled this amana. They gave dawah. They gave nasiha. They helped people. Atta says, okay, you take this tongue back. And now you take this tongue and you go say salam to Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. You take this tongue and you talk to the Anbiya. You take this tongue and you talk to Sahaba. You are worthy of speech. Because you use this amanat of speech properly in this world. Now I gift it back to you. And now you use it for all of eternity. 
Allahu Akbar Kabira. If a person, they dressed according to Sharia and Sunnah in this world, Allah says, okay, I give you this amana back. For the women it's written in Hadith that their clothes will have 70,000 colors. 70,000 colors. Allahu Akbar. And just they will think and whatever they want their clothing to be, it will become like that. Just they will have a wish. Ma yasha. How they want to look and they will appear like that. This is Allah Ta'ala's attribute. Kun fayakun. In a very lesser way, Allah will give us this attribute in Jannah. You just wish how you wish to look like and you will immediately look like that. Why? Because Allah will say that you guarded this aman of haya. You protected your beauty from the world. Okay, I return this beauty to you. Maybe who knows, you are beautiful or not in the world. But Allah says, I return this beauty to you. But now for all of infinity, you just make niyat however you look like. And you will look as beautiful as you want. Allah will return the amana many fold, multiple fold. Can you imagine? Like for men also. You can make niyat, you will look whatever you like, be as tall as ever you want. Allah will return this amana of physical appearance to us. Okay, you had house in this world. You used my home for ibadah. You worship me in home. You made sure that, okay, if I live in an environment of sin, a society of sin, you made your home free of every sin. Okay, I give you this amana back. And now I give you a new residence, a palace in Jannah. Hmm? Now it comes in Hadith that the smallest place in Jannah is ten times the size of the Ard. Alright? People used to think that that means ten times the size of planet Earth. That itself is massive. Can you imagine the smallest property in Jannah is ten times the size of planet Earth. But actually again, if you science, Ard is not just planet Earth. Because actually in Quran, where the earth ends, the Samawat begin. Now according to us, the angels are not on Mars and Jupiter, they're not in outer space. The entire known universe, the entire physical universe is earth. When the entire physical universe ends, beyond that is called the Samawat. Beyond that is where the angels live. And then beyond that is the Kursi, and beyond that is the Arsh. And Allah Ta'ala is beyond everything. So actually, earth means the whole universe. So that means the smallest place in Jannah is ten times the size of the whole universe. Not ten times Earth, not ten times solar system, not ten times Milky Way galaxy. Ten times the entire universe is the smallest home in Jannah. Allah Akbar. When Allah Ta'ala wants to give these amanat back, huh? that person who shows up using the amanat properly, look how Allah Ta'ala gives it back. You know how incredible Allah Ta'ala is? This world Allah Ta'ala created through processes means six periods. But Jannat kun fayakun. Can you imagine how incredible Allah Ta'ala is? Can you imagine how incredible His creative power is? The smallest person in Jannah is ten times this universe. So how many billions and billions of times this universe is? And no Big Bang, no process, nothing. Allah Ta'ala just said kun fayakun. This incredibly designed, multi-layered Jannah, Jannah for those rubies, pearls, diamond, all created in a second. Can you imagine Allah Ta'ala ki kudrat ki kya kamal hai? Total Jannah basi kun se bana diya. O sare jo sajay hai, jo nemate hai, jo sona hai, har cheez ek kun se bana diya. Allah Ta'ala is amazing. Subhanallah wa bihamdi, subhanallah azim. Allah hukmar. Then there's a person, okay, they ate halal in this world. Ate halal in this world. So Allah says, okay, you earned and you ate halal in this world. 
Okay, I give you this name back of eating and now you come in Jannah and you will eat fruits and you will eat luxuries and you can eat anything you want and it will have so much pleasure to you. And finally, Allah Ta'ala will examine a person on the Day of Judgment. And imagine now, look what you're missing. Imagine if a person shows up on that day and they use their eyes according to Allah Ta'ala's wishes. Allah Ta'ala examine, oh, you lowered your gaze? You didn't look at the beauties of the world? You lowered your gaze from the husn of the world? Allah says, okay, I give this amanat back to you. You go look at the husn of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. You earned it. You deserve to see. You earned this eyesight by being true to me in the world. Or you take this eyesight. You go look at the husn of Sayyidina Yusuf Islam. Oh ho, ye aankhe lelo. Or aankhe mere didar karo. Yes, take these eyes back and come look at me, Allah Ta'ala, in all my beauty and glory. That's why we were given eyes. Next time you want to look, remember that. These eyes were given to see beauty. But they weren't given to see the beauties of this world. These eyes have been given us to see the beauty of Allah Ta'ala on the Day of Judgment. To see Allah Ta'ala forever. To see Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If you see in a dream that ziyara, that's a few seconds, Allah Ta'ala wants, no, no, no. I want you to be in Jannatul Firdaus. I want you to see for all of eternity. I want you to be able to gaze and gaze and gaze. That's why we have eyes. We're foolish. We don't understand. <laughs> we don't understand why we have this amanat. That's what it means that you live for akhirah, that you want to be for akhirah. The last thing I will tell you tonight, so it's complete, is that there is another type of amanat. This was all amanat of hukukullah. There's another amanat which is in hukukullah. Where do we get that from? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran, Wailul mutaffifin. Wail means woe, calamity to the people of tatfif. And the Mufassirun have written, at tatfifu fi kulli shay. What does tatfif mean? People normally when they translate this, they think it just means kale and wazan. means when you buy and sell something. If you sell one kilo of apples, you must make sure that you really sell one kilo. No. That's correct. That's not just that. It means, listen very intensely. Amanat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is you must give full measure and full due in everything you do. That you must give full measure and full due in everything you do, otherwise it is khayana. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, That Allah ta'ala has mandated on us the highest level of excellence, virtue, nobility, beauty in everything that we do. What does that mean? If Allah has given you an ability, if you work, and you don't work as well as you could have, it's tatfif, it's khiyana with your employer, it's khiyana with your partner, you will also be punished for that on the day of judgment. At-tatfif fi kulli shay. If your husband, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu said that the best of you in Allah Ta'ala's regard is the one who is best to his spouse. If you could be a better husband, if you're not being the best you can be, it's tatfif. You're not giving the full measure. It's khiyana. We'll be punished on the Day of Judgment. Up to now we think, now these things are optional. That okay, I'm performing at a mediocre level. If I perform at the top level, it would be better. But it's okay if I perform it. No, 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 no. If you're imam, 
And you could recite Qur'an better. You could recite more Qur'an. You could recite different surahs and fajr. But you have the same 10-15 things you recite. And you keep reciting them over and over. But you had the ability to do better. You didn't perform as well as you could. You're not giving full measure. It's tadfif. It's khiyana in that amana. You give bayan and you could come prepared. But you just sit and just randomly talk to people about random things. Every Friday in Jummah, random topics, random discussions, sometimes totally spontaneous. You're not benefiting the people as much as you could. You have the skill. You were trained. You are alim. You could do better. Even you could do one notch better than you are. That not performing to your best is tatfif. That war will be to you, calamity will be to you. This is an amana. Every sifa, every attribute, every salahiyah, every skill Allah Ta'ala gave us is an amana. So to use every single skill, every attribute and Allah Ta'ala's obedience, ita'a, for his worship, ibadah, and for khidmat of this ummah, if we don't use it, then it is a khiyana. It is tatfif. We will also be called to account of that. You could have been a better parent than you are. You didn't perform to the best of your parenting ability. It's khiyana. It's tatfif. We'll be called on the day of judgment to account for it. So now you can just imagine, I gave so many examples. It's endless. <laughs> in all of hukuk al-ibad, also it's an amana. Every relationship Allah Ta'ala puts us in is an amana. Every interaction is an amana. Every opportunity is an amana. You sat in a taxi cab and the driver was Muslim and you could tell he wasn't so much on deen. You could have at least said one or two sentences to him. Talk to him about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You didn't. You chose to spend your whole time on the phone instead. This was an opportunity. It was a gift to you from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You didn't perform to the full measure. That's khiyana. That's tatfif. You'll be asked on the day of judgment. You had family members. You had friends. You had neighbors who were in your daira, who were in your circle. Okay, maybe some would never listen to you, but to whatever extent anybody was open and willing to hear you say anything, you had to say as much as you could. You had to give the full measure. If you shortchange them in any way, it's tatfif, it's khiyana, will be asked on the Day of Judgment. We don't realize what incredible responsibility this is being insan. Look what a big responsibility it is. I'll give you an example. Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq Can you imagine how he must have felt that Sayyidina Susan when he passed away and he was now Khalifa. Can you imagine he would have felt, Oh my God, all the Sahaba are not turning to me. Before we had Sayyidina Rasulullah as Amir. And now Sahaba are viewing me as Amir. They're calling me Amir Mu'mineen. He would have been immense. What an incredible burden. What a difficult thing to fulfill. But he did it at the highest level. He was as-Siddiq. Even after Nabiya Kareem Sassam left, he was the greatest. He did it to the highest level of his ability. Right? And that's why we love him. And we say he's Khalifa to Rasul. But look, me and you, we're supposed to be even more than that. We're Khalifa to Allah. Inni ja'ilun fil ardi Khalifa. Allah Ta'ala told the angels that, no, no, this humanity, you think they're going to make fasad. No, no. Inni ja'ilun fil ardi Khalifa. I'm making this insan as my Khalifa on earth. That's the amanat. That's the amanah that you walk on earth as the representative of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. People see you, they remember Allah. That's what they, this hadith, the Muslim, Allah, that there are such people that when people gaze at them, they remember Allah ta'ala. This is what sahaba were, this is real dawah. They just had to walk. They just had to walk. They were khalifatullah from ard. Their adab, their akhlaq, their sifat, their performance, their asan. This is the amanah that we have taken upon ourselves. That as humans, as nas, 
but especially as this ummah is mu'mineen, we are supposed to hold ourselves to such a high standard in everything that we do. This is the amanat. So whether it's in Allah, like we give the examples of these amanat in Allah's obedience, or in al-Ibad, in all of our relationships, we have to live up to this amana. We have to fulfill this amana. We have to be true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in everything that we do, in every sense. Now if you reflect, there's so much qiyana going on in our life. So much khiyana, the time we waste, the laziness we have, the people we shortchange, the lack of ability, our lack of salah. We don't pray good quality salah. If you don't pray the best salah that you can, khiyana. Why did we accept this, that we pray salah unfeelingly? Many people who come to the masjid, they say, I pray five times a day. And I've been praying five times a day for years, alhamdulillah. I don't feel anything. I said, okay, it must have happened once or twice. I said, no, no, no. I never feel anything. Allahu Akbar. Strange. <laughs> if somebody says, okay, once or twice I was so busy at work, I came and I prayed and I was so busy at work so my mind was still on work. I said, okay, that's an exception. Kabi kabi hold that time. They said, no, no. They said, it's always like that. <laughs> I said, every single salah I don't feel. Now, let me give you an example. If there was a person who said that whenever I eat dessert, sweet dish, I can't taste the sweetness. I said, okay, bring me your dessert. I pour a bag of sugar on it. I said, now taste it. He tasted, I still can't taste the sweetness. I said, okay. I pour a whole jar of honey on it. I said, now taste it. He says, I still can't taste the sweetness. What would you say? He says, extremely sick. He says, tongue is completely sick. What happens when you pray salah? You poured the sugar of wudu. You poured the honey of surah fatiha. You poured another bag of sugar called sajda. You poured another bag of honey called subhanahu nabi al-Allah. You can't taste the sweetness. You can't taste it. <laughs> you can't taste it. Hmm? But it doesn't bother you. That's the problem. It doesn't bother you. We travel the world trying to find those people who this bothers. You know, 95% of the people who come to me to ask a question, it's about dunya, I have problem, I have loan, my family problem, children problem, this problem, that problem. Okay, fine. We love you. We want to make dua for you. If there's anything we know from our experience or from Deen, Quran, and Sunnah, we'd love to advise you. But we don't travel half the world for that. <laughs> We're waiting. Then when is that person going to come and tell me I have a problem? Yes, I don't feel Allah my salah. <laughs> it's a big problem. I've been suffering silently. I've been suffering silently for years. I've been suffering silently for years. I can't control my gaze. I've been suffering for years. Hmm? What are we going to raise that these are our real problems? Can you imagine how hard that heart must be? You made wudu, it didn't melt. You left everything, came in masjid. The place where Allah Ta'ala's tajalliyat rahmah his, his, his mercies are coming down. Your heart didn't melt. You said Allahu Akbar. Your heart didn't melt. You recited Surah Fatah. Your heart didn't melt. You went into Raku. Your body did zikr. Your tongue was doing zikr. Still your heart doesn't melt. Can you imagine how hard that heart must be? And not just once. You do this exercise five times a day. And you still think about dunya and salah. And the best of us can say, Okay, I don't think about dunya, but my mind is blank. Mind is blank. If somebody gives you something and you say, my tongue is blank. Okay, I don't taste bitterness either. But it's blank. I don't taste sweetness. Hmm? We are not operating on deen the way we're supposed to. And we're not trying either. Really, really, you'd be shocked. I'm telling you, it's this easy. You just have to try. Every salah you have to try. That's it. Every salah you have to stand there and make niyyah. That I'm not just here to pray, I'm here to feel. Why? Allah Ta'ala said, 
establish the salah for my dhikr. We don't come, we come with niyat of salah, we don't make niyat of dhikr. Literally. We come that I have to pray, fulfill the obligation, complete the duty. We don't even have in our niyat to know I have to remember Allah in this prayer. No, no, it's not a niyat. If you don't have to pray, you don't have to pray, We don't even ask Allah Ta'ala. We pray and we ask so many things from Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Hmm? If something goes bad in the dunya, oh, we immediately, Ya Allah, please help me in that, please help me. I had a setback, things aren't going right, please help me. Your salah is not going right, you don't go to Allah. Ya Allah, my salah is not going right, please help me. I'm not feeling in my salah, please help me. I make such that I don't feel you, please help me. These great awliya, siddiqeen, sahaba who prayed half the night, one third of the night, they were praying because they enjoyed it. They were enjoying it. You can never force yourself to pray tahajjud. You may once or twice force yourself to make up, but tahajjud is the prayer of passion. Fajr is the prayer of obligation. We don't have passion. We're supposed to happen, you're supposed to have passion in your fara'id, and then it spills over. That you want more. <laughs> that you get the sweetness of the five fard salah so much that you want more. And the people who wanted more, mashallah, oh, they pray Ishraq, they pray Doha Chas, they pray Awabin, they pray Tahajjur, Tahiyatul Masjid, Tahiyatul Budu, or so many things, because they want more. <laughs> Their heart's not content. This is also khiyana. You have under, we have ability to have more taqwa than we have, more haya than we have, more dhikr than we have, more tabakkul than we have. We are not maximizing our own ability. In fact, I'll tell you, you know what your ability is? You may be stunned. Imam al-Rabbani, Mujaddad al-Fasani, Shaykh Ahmed Sirhindran, the Lord's Maktubat, that every single mu'min is bil-ihtimal, bil-qawi wali. Means everyone has the potential to be the wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not something that's out there. Everyone. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, لَا يُكَلَّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وَسْأَهَا Allah Ta'ala has not given anyone a burden beyond our ability. Means the second you have iman, you have the ability to get wilaya. Why? Because you have iman, Allah Ta'ala has tasked us what? Ya ayyuhalladina amanatakullah haqqatukati. That have taqwa as you should have taqwa. And who are the awliya? In awliya'ahu illal muttakun. Allah said in Quran that who are the awliya Allah? That other than the people of taqwa. <laughs> everyone has, everyone, not every one of you can be excellent in your field. Whatever it is that you do, you may not be able to be the best at what you do. You have the ability to be the best mu'min you can be. Everyone has ability to get genital for those. We are underperforming. <laughs> it's khiyana. <laughs> this life was not given to us. Our Hazrat Dhamrakatam Ali says a beautiful thing which I'll state to you in English. He says, We have not been sent to this world to live a good life. We have not been sent to this world to live a good life. We have been sent to this world to die a good death. Yes, Allah, but these mashaykh, in one sentence, they explain the whole kisana. <laughs> they explain everything. This exactly is our problem. We are constantly trying to live a better life. If I ask what's your major objectives, you will write this, 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 this. All of that is trying to live a better life. How many of us are trying to die a better death? We don't even think like that. We just think whatever we're going to die. No, you can die a better death. Yes, that's possible. In fact, you may not even be able to live a better life. You may spend all your effort, all your trying and your income may not grow up. You may not actually be able to live a better life. 
But every one of us now could, if we work for it, die a better death. Pray a better salah. Have better haya. Have better taqwa. Have better adab. Have better akhlaq. Be a better husband. Every one of us has so much untapped potential. All of that is khiyana. All of that that we haven't reached is khiyana in this amanat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to get serious about our deen. I don't want to be so blunt on just arriving. But I came to this country in 2002, 3 and 4. I went around the whole country. Why? Because I felt that the Gujaratis and the Masajid, they're basically stuck on one level of deen. They're not willing to move beyond that. Everyone is in their own comfort zone. They have reached a certain amount of deen and they're happy with that. They're happy with that. Very few are willing to reach. So then I said, okay, it's a country full of people who are comfortable in their deen. So why do I need to come back? This is just Mulana Hanif's and few other brothers' deep du'as and ikhlas and our hazardi al-brakat and du'as and tawajjuhat. That's why we're pushing you right from the start. You have to reach out. Try to do more in your deen. You have to make it happen. It's not going to fall on your lap. Feeling Allah Ta'ala and Salah is not going to happen on its own. You will have to make some effort. You will have to take some steps you will have to learn dhikr from the dhakirin. This word is in Quran. وَالذَّاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا وَالذَّاكِرَاتِ On the one hand, Allah Ta'ala gave us hukam. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمُنُوا ذِكْرُ اللَّهَ ذِكْرًا كَثِيرًا That all oh, you who believe, do dhikr kathir. And then Allah Ta'ala told us, there will always be people who are already doing dhikr kathir. وَالذَّاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا those believers who remember Allah a lot. So those Alladina Amanu who are being taught to do Zikr Kasir, they should learn Zikr Kasir from those Zakirin who are doing Zikr Kasir. Just like we take tafsir from Mufassirin, we take our hadith from Muhaddithin, we take our fiqh from Fuqaha, we take our Zikr from Zakirin. Until you do that, this prayer is not going to change. It won't change. There's a missing ingredient. What's missing in the prayer is Zikr Kalbi. Yes, your tongue is doing Zikr. Your body is doing Zikr. What's missing in prayer is the zikr of the heart. Alhamdulillah, our mashaykh, our shaykh, and our line of mashaykh, this is exactly what they teach. Zikr of the heart. Zikr al-kalbi. I tell you openly also, and I'll be repeating these things throughout the whole trip. If you do zikr of the tongue with a ghafil heart, you will get sawab, you will get ajr, but you will not get tazkiyah, you will not get qurb. No, no, not possible. Not possible. Tazkiyah means you will not be able to purify yourself from sinful acts and sinful emotions. It's only when your heart is in it. It's only when it is heartfelt that you will get tazkiyah, you will get purified from that zikr, and you will get kolb, you will become closer to Allah Ta'ala. You see Allah said in Quran, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ That indeed the salah, it prevents a person, stops a person from fahsha. It's fosh, it means the immodesty, behayai. But people say, so many people who have five walk namazi come to me and tell me they can't control their gaze. So what does it mean? Have they disproved Quran? No, 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 they haven't disproved Quran. Quran is saying, in as-salah, as-salah. Those in Arabic, the alif lam This is that salah which is aqim as-salat al-dhikri. That salah which is offered properly with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala which you feel in your heart, that will prevent you from all fosh and fasha and munkar. And that salah that is just a mere recitation and utterance verbally, that won't stop you from anything. <laughs> yes, you will get the ajr for it. You will get the swab for it. You will fulfill the farz. It won't fix you. It won't change you. So that's true for salah. It's true for everything. It's true for dirt shrif. We love Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you just do 1,000 times Zuhr Shreef and roll over it, kuch nahi hona hai. You will get ajr. You will get sawab. 
وہ ہوگا یو ول ناٹ گیٹ دس کیا یو ول ناٹ گیٹ دا کرب اللہ سبحانہ تعالیٰ آئی سی پیپل کم ٹو آر شیخ دے سی دے بین ڈوئنگ ون تھاؤزینڈ تھری تھاؤزینڈ ٹین تھاؤزینڈ ڈے فار ایئرس اینڈ That you have to say it, if you can train your heart to feel, you even say it hundred times with heart feeling, that the Rishif will change your life. If every time you say it, you feel love for the Prophet longing for the Prophet missing the Prophet you just say it hundred times, it will be enough for you. You have to learn how to put your heart in it. When you put your heart in it, then some of these khanat will go away. Then we'll be more true to the amanat that Allah has placed in us. So we have to reach out, we have to do more. Everybody can do more. Everybody should do more. This is the way of the great Akabir. They're always doing more, always pushing themselves, always pushing themselves. All the way up to Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, pushing themselves, pushing themselves. This is now the next step you have to take in deen. May Allah accept our sitting here tonight. May He make us true to this amanat, this amanat that the angels, the heavens and the firmaments and the earth and the land and the mountains, they all rejected it. Because they didn't think they could do more. A mountain said, I can just be a mountain. I won't be able to do more. Insan is that one that said, I will do more. I will make effort. I will strive to reach Ahsan in my deen. To become closer and closer to the pleasure of my Rabbi Kareem. May Allah Ta'ala put that effort in our heart. That motivation in our heart. Before we make dua, we'll make short silent zikr of the heart. This is called Muraqabah. I'll just explain one, two minutes for those who are new. This is called Zikr-e-Kalbi. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ فِي نَفْسِكَ Remember your Rabb inside yourself. What's in myself? Is my button? Is my ruh? What part of my ruh remembers Allah? It's called Kalb, the heart of the ruh. Like Allah Ta'ala says, أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَطْمَئِنُّ الْقُلُوبِ Kalb and Zikr. Kalb and Zikr. So many places in the Quran. وَلَا تُطِمَنْ أَكْفَلْنَا قَلْبُهُ أَنْ ذِكْرِنَا Always related to each other. Even Mufassirin wrote sometimes, Aifi Kalbik. Fi Nafsik, Aifi Kalbik. In your heart. Not your body's heart. Just like your body has a heart, your ruh has a heart. Your whole ruh is in your whole body. The heart of the ruh is inside the heart of the body. There's something different. It's your Kalb. How do you make zikr with the Kalb? We know how to make zikr with the tongue. We make it move. We make it utter and pronounce words. How do you make zikr with the heart? Just niyat. That is it. You just make niyyah intention that your qalb, your spiritual heart is doing zikr of Allah Ta'ala. So, وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ فِي نَفْسِكَ Remember and make zikr of your Allah Ta'ala Quran, make zikr of your Rabb in yourself. تَذَرُّعًا With humility, with longing, with yearning. خِيفَةً Silently, secretly. So, silent, humble, learning. What's the purpose of this zikr? Very simple. This is a special zikr you want to remember Allah Ta'ala in such a way that you forget everything else. It's not meditation. Because meditation tries to get you in touch with yourself. Meditation is forget everything and get in touch with your inner self. So breathing, pulse, heartbeat. It's not meditation. This is completely opposite. Nothing of the self. No, irrelevant. You're breathing, irrelevant. Heartbeat, irrelevant. Pulse, irrelevant. You, yourself, who you are, all of that is ghair. You want to forget all ghairullah, all masiva, everything that is other than Allah Ta'ala, you want to forget it. You want to remember Allah in such a way that, Ya Allah, I want to do zikr of you such that I only remember you and I forget everything else. So then you need something to focus on. Allah Ta'ala told us in Quran, وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَ Rabbik. Make zikr of the name of your Rabb. The name of our Rabb is Allah. وَتَبَتَّلْ إِلَيْهِ تَبْتِيلًا This tabattal, this is what it means. 
Tabattal later it's called fana, mav, istighraq. Tabattal means, and let me put it this way for in English, what could Isma Rabbik make zikr of the name of Allah? What tabattal ilahi tabtila? Focus on his name so much that everything else goes out of focus. This is the barakah. Tabaraka smurabbik. Full of barakah is the name of your Rabb. This is the barakah. Ke naam ka zikr se naam wala ka zikr naseeb hota hai. Ism ka zikr se musamma ka zikr naseeb hota hai. When you remember his name, you're remembering him. So you would just make niyat that, Ya Allah, I'm forgetting everything in the world and my kalb, I make niyat that the heart of my ruh is making zikr of your name, that my kalb is calling Allah, Allah, Allah. Then what happens? Allah has made a promise in Quran. فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ that all my slaves, you make zikr of me, I, Allah, will make zikr of you. That's why you sit. <laughs> it's not our zikr that does our tazkiyah. Our zikr prompts Allah Ta'ala to do zikr of us. It's Allah Ta'ala's zikr of us that does our tazkiyah. Allah Ta'ala sends the nur of his hidayah onto our heart, the nur of his rahmah onto our heart, purifies our hearts of its sins, softens our heart towards the deen, fills our heart with his love, so you make near that you're making zikr like this. So close your eyes to connect, disconnect yourself from the world. Close your thoughts to disconnect yourself from your mind. Disconnect yourself from everything about you. Make near that, Ya Allah, you said, فَإِذَا فَرَقْتَ فَمْسَبُ إِذَا رَبِّكَ فَرْغَمْ So when I'm free, I should turn to you in longing and yearning. Ya Allah, I'm turning to you from the bottom of my heart, from the heart of my ruh, my qalb. And I'm making near that, Ya Allah, I'm remembering you silently, secretly, humbly. And that my qalb, my spirit, spiritual heart is making zikr of your name that my qalb is calling Allah, Allah, Allah Allah ko apna bana lo Allah ko apna bana lo اب تم سب رشتوں کو چھوڑو اللہ سے رشتہ جوڑو اب تم سب رشتوں کو چھوڑو اللہ سے رشتہ جوڑو ہر غیر سے ہٹ کٹ کے اللہ سے لوہ لگا لو اللہ کو اپنا بنا لو اللہ کو دل میں بسا لو اللہ سے لوہ لگا لو اللہ کو اپنا بنا لو لا الہ الا اللہ محمد رسول اللہ میک دعا سبحان ربنا الوحاب اللہم صلی اللہ سیدنا محمد وعلا آل سیدنا محمد وبارک وسلم ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تکفر لنا وترحمنا لنکوننا من الخاسرین رب اکفر ورحم وانتا خیر الراحمین يا الله رب كريم we are weak sinning servants and slaves we are needy of you Allah we make tawbah to you on this night Ya Allah we ask that you forgive us for all of our sins forgive us for every khiana forgive us for the khiana of the eyes the khiana of the ears the khiana of our thoughts the khiana of the tongue the khiana of time the khiana of hukuk al-ibad the khiana of hukuk Allah Ya Rabbi Kareem we have been so untrue we have come tonight because we want to learn to be true if we have been unloyal we want to be loyal to you 
you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, fix us, Ya Allah. Help us, Ya Allah. Change us into your obedient slave, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Make us loving to you, loyal to you, obedient to you, true to you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, I ask that you take out from our heart all the unlawful loves, all the unlawful lust, all the unlawful romance, every attraction for every their mahram. And Ya Allah, instead put in our heart a love for you, a love for Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a yearning for your beauty, a yearning for his beauty, a love for Quran, a love for Sahaba, love for Siddiqeen, Shuhada, Awliya, Ulama, Salihin, a love for all Mu'mineen. Ya Allah, fill our heart with these true loves, rescue our heart from the false loves, raise us in the day of judgment from your lovers, Ya Allah, unite us with your lovers in Akhirah, Ya Allah, make us from the Al-Muttaham, Buna Fillah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you make us steadfast in Deen, strong in Deen, you get to himma in deen, istikamat in deen. Ya Allah, fulfill every amana that you have given us. Ya Allah, we ask that you save us from the punishment of the eyes, save us from the punishment of the ears, save us from the punishment of Jahannam. Ya Allah, raise us upon the day of judgment such that you have forgiven us, Ya Allah, such that you are smiling upon us and we are smiling upon you. Ya Allah, Rabbi Kareem, Humana Gunao Kuma Farma, Karam Fazal Kuma Mla Farma, Ya Rabbi Kareem, Har Khyanat Kuma Farma, Hamidi امین بنا ہم تو نبی الامین کی امتی ہیں ہمیں امین والی سنت نصیب فرما جس طرح وہ آپ کے امین تھے ہم بھی امین بننا چاہتے ہیں رب کریم ہمیں امین بنا دیجئے ہر امانت کا امین بنا دیجئے قیامت کے دن ہمیں امین میں شمار کر دیجئے رب کریم ہمارے دل کو سینوں کو اپنی محمد سے نبریز فرما ہمارے ظاہر کو نبی کریم سم کی سنت سے مزین فرما باطن کو اپنی معرفت محمد سے مضمون فرما رب کریم ہم زنگ لے کر آئے ہیں آپ کے رنگ لینے کے آئے ہیں سبغت اللہ رنگ کا عطا کر دیجئے ہمیں اپنا بنا دیجئے غیر بن کر رہ چکے دیکھ چکے ہیں اب آپ کا بننا چاہتے ہیں آپ کرم کر لیجئے اللہ اپنا بنا دیجئے اللہ قبول کر لیجئے اللہ پھر بکریم نماز میں حضوری عطا فرما نماز کو لطف عطا فرما سجد کو سرور عطا فرما نماز میں ہوش عطا فرما ہر نماز ہمارے ذاکر والا نماز بنا ہماری نماز ہماری میراج بنا true dua that they're making to you, accept all their duas. Sab ke nek manado ko pura farma. Ya Rabbi, anybody who has any worry, difficulty, remove their worries, Ya Allah. Ease their difficulties, Ya Allah. And those of us who have only the laziness of our nafs to blame, Ya Allah, take out this laziness, make us strong in deen, steadfast in deen, motivated in deen, reaching in deen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, we ask that you accept our coming here, accept our gathering here, accept our meeting one another for your sake. Let us Part with one another in your name. And Ya Allah, we make dua for the Ummah, Ya Allah. Send your special rahmah on this Ummah. Send your special hidayah on the Ummah. Wherever the Ummah is in trouble, Ya Rabbi Kareem, be their guardian when they have none. Be their protector where they have none. Show them hope where they have none. And accept us for the khidmah of this Ummah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Rabbana takambal minna innaka anta samil adeem. Wa tubu alayna innaka anta tawab al-raheem. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا رحمن الرحيم